Hello, this is Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church, here on July the 9th. My goodness, time really flies by. And if you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Today, Romans chapter 10. We're going to read the first few verses before we even start out. Romans chapter 10. Then we'll have a word of prayer, and it says... Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believe, believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them, but the righteousness which is of faith. Speaketh on the wise, say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend unto heaven? that is, to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring Christ up, or excuse me, to bring up Christ again from the dead? But what saith it? The word is nigh, the even in thy mouth and in thine heart, that is, the word of faith, which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let's pray. Dear Father, just thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, dear Father, that you will show us what you have for us in your word and do what I cannot do, Lord, and meet everyone's needs through your precious and holy word. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If we were to read nothing else today or say anything else today, you have gotten some precious words of wisdom right there. He, Paul, uh, in reading this 10th chapter, he had a heart that loved Jesus and loved communicating the gospel's message. Of course, here as you see his heart bared, uh, bore just plain right here that, that he was concerned for the Jews. And later on in this chapter, we'll see he's concerned also for the Gentiles. He loved uh and his passion was a couple of things. His heart's desire, first of all. What was his heart's desire? What's our heart's desire, you know? What is the most precious thing in your life right now? What is the thing that really drives your train? You know? What is the one thing that really motivates you? Well, my friend, if you're a Christian... I think we would do well to see what motivated Paul. He, after all, 
I know he had Silas with him, Bartholomew, you know, he had, he had some people help them, Bartholomew and others, but really as, as just one man with the God's hand on him turned his world upside down. It was a remarkable man. I think it would do us well to look at some things about this man, Paul. He, di he didn't say my heart's des several desires, first of all, did he? No. Now, I'm not saying you don't have some lots of things on your you know, agenda and things that you would like to do in your life. Of course, you're a human being. But what's the main desire in your life? The one that overrides all the other ones. The one that takes priority. My desire might be, hey, I love a, a certain kind of a, a sport, right? Maybe you like uh, tennis or golf or weightlifting or, or martial arts or you name it. Just name them off. Maybe you love playing instruments. Name the instrument. Maybe you love business and you know how to, to work that and, and, and motivate you. Well, there's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves. But what is your main desire? The main thing. I mean, hey, you can be a welder, but you should be a Christian welder, right? You could be a lawyer, but you should be a Christian lawyer. That overrides those things, it influences those, th those things because the main thing in your life isn't just those things. He didn't say as many desires. He said his heart, he said, I have one desire, he said. I have one consuming passion, Paul said. I have one thing that I want above everything else, he said. Has there ever been anybody like this Paul? I really want to know what his heart's desire was. We could do well to copy this man. He had really two consuming passions. What were they? One was to know Christ. He met him on the road when he was struck down and blinded. Remember that and his conversion? He was sent to a man that would tell him what he needed to know and was led to the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation of his soul. He knew Christ and came to know him more as he, as he served him. <clears throat> his second desire was to make Christ known to others. This was his motivation. This actually consumed his life. It convicts me when I think of these points. Sometimes when we get in our day-to-day -day drudge, it's like, how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to do better at work? How am I going to do... And you can name the things, right? Sure you can. But I'm going to tell you something. If you put Christ first, all the other things get better. All the other things come along. And I'm not saying you have a perfect life. I'm not like these health and wealth preachers that if you're not healthy and wealthy, then you're not serving God. If you're healthy and wealthy, you must be serving God. No, 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 no. Look at Paul. He was beaten. The tradition says he was, uh, he couldn't see very well. He had weeping eyes. Tradition said he was bent over from all the beatings. <laughs> and then at the end, what, he, what happened? He lost his head, right? Health and wealth preachers would say, oh man, he must not have been right with God. How far from the truth that is, isn't it? But I'm going to tell you something. You will never find someone more fulfilled than Paul. And after he, he conveys this, 
and we see his heart bared, bore just plain, just out for us to see. He wanted to know Jesus Christ. And then he wanted everyone else to know. He really did. Let's look in 11 through 13. It says, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This was revolutionary among the Jewish people in his time. That these Christians, this man Paul that used to be on their side, that was called Saul before this, this ex-Pharisee, the servant of the Lord, he came to be known as, he said that uh, it's as important to tell the Gentiles as it is to tell the Jews. And we need to be telling them all. And then he said for salvation that whosoever shall call upon who the name of the Lord shall be saved. Who is he talking about? Jesus Christ, of course. Because in the prior verses, if we were to say nothing but these three verses, this is usually how we end uh, the, the Roman road and we tell people how to be saved, isn't it? 9, 10, and 13. Let's read those three together. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This was his life's mission, my friend. This was his life's goal, to convey the holy word of God and salvation story to all. This was his life. You know, and, and the man had very good intentions, but uh, only just a short while back, somebody tried to convince me that because I got saved by faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, I wasn't saved. <laughs> he had good intentions. I'm not putting them down. We have a difference of opinion on that. And just so uh, that we're going through faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, would you ask Christ in your heart and forgive your sins? You ask him, for, you know, you repent and you, you come to know him as your Lord and Savior and ask him in your heart and life and you are born into the family of God. Just to throw it out there, just because this recently happened to me, uh, here in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 is what he pointed to because he claimed that salvation was also through uh, baptism. When we get to chapter 2 of Acts and verse 38, it says, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, that ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Number one, when you get saved, the Holy Ghost moves in. This was at the beginning of church, and this was a new thing. He had to describe this to him. But also, for the remission of sins means because of the remission of sins. It means unto the remission of sins. That's what that means. I'm just throwing that out there just because uh, it really uh, puts, I think, uh, a block here in, in, in that, that Jesus' blood wasn't enough. And when I asked about 
thief on the cross not getting baptized. He said, well, Jesus can make exceptions. <laughs> well, there really is no exceptions, is there, in the, in the mode of salvation? There is either one way. There's only one. We used to sing a song, one, how's it go? One way and one road and only one, and yet the sides are two. I'm on the inside. Which side are you? Or one door. That's what it was. One door and only one, and yet the sides are two. I'm on the inside. Out and out. Which side are you? You know, and there's only one road, and, 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 and narrow is the road that goes to salvation because most people don't believe in it. They want to add to it. That's called works. And uh, don't get me wrong. Baptism is important. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's said that that's the first step of obedience. And Lord's Supper is important, but uh, it's, it's not part of your salvation either. And, and so forth and so on. Works. And I only say that because I was just recently, you know, talked about that to somebody. But how wonderful. How glorious is this salvation? And this consumed Paul's life. That this faith and trust in Jesus Christ, this faith and trust in Jesus Christ is so important to convey. And this consumed Paul's life. He wanted everyone, Jew or Greek, or means, in other words, Gentiles, to hear about it. The good news. It can be attained by all through faith and trust in Christ alone. We get to verse 14 and 15. It says, How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. Now, my friend, who's the preachers here? Those that convey the gospel. All of us. All of us. That he's saying that unless it is conveyed, which is our responsibility, to others, it's, it doesn't, if, it, if, it, if it's not conveyed by us, it stays with us. And it's not spread like it's supposed to be. As preachers of the gospel, we are to spread this good news everywhere and to everyone. It is to be our passion also. Also. Verse 17 of this chapter 10 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith and trust in Jesus Christ comes by the hearing of the gospel that's conveyed in his word. That's our job. That's our responsibility. That should be our passion, shouldn't it? I think so. I don't think so. I know so. This is to be spread by us. So again, I'm asking you, what is your passion? What is your passion? I'll ask myself that. What is my passion? What is my, my main motives in my life? What is the desire of my life? Not desires, the desire of my life that should overpower everything else. It should be to know our Lord Jesus Christ. And it should be to tell others so that they can know our Lord Jesus Christ. 
I think there are really two scriptures, and I'm going to say from, I'm going to pull them out of the Old Testament. I was told by some people not to, to go to the Old Testament. There's two scriptures in the Old Testament that I think would really sum up Paul. I really do. Let's go to Proverbs, if you would, for one of them. Proverbs, chapter 11. Proverbs, chapter 11, and verse 30. It says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. How true that is. How true that is. And the other is Psalm. In Psalms, chapter 126, Psalms 126, and verse 6. It says that he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again, with rejoicing bringing his sheaves, with them. Now our kids wouldn't know what sheaves are. Go out in the field and gather the, the wheat up into sheaves and, and uh, for the harvest. I think we forget sometimes about the commandment of the Lord. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, right? I think we forget about that. It's our, it's his command us. It's our responsibility. But more than that, I mean, uh, he can he can say to do something and you do it and you should. But I think it should be more than that. I, I've I've read so many books about people that have succeeded in life in their chosen fields and the ones who really succeeded. It seems to me that their their field was their passion. You know, they loved it. In other words, it wasn't work to them. But the main passion of all of our lives should be to know Jesus and what? To tell people so that they can know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I think we need to get back to basics. I think we do. Get back in His Word. Get back on our knees. Get back in the church. And then get back in the field and tell others. So that the, you, 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 they can't hear, like it says in Romans 10, that without a preacher, they're not going to hear the truth. And there's where we come in. And our passion for their souls should be the, one of the main things in our life. Do you have compassion on this world? you want to change your world? I think here's a great place to start. Well, let's have a word of prayer, my friend. Dear Father, just thank you for the stay you've given us. Dear Lord, I pray that you will help us this week to be, um, uh, I, I was going to say, Lord, more effective in, in the, the, the conveyance of your, of your gospel, but just to do it. Start. Lord, I pray you would help us all, whether it's passing tracks out, telling our friends, telling our family, telling our coworkers, telling people how you came. You lived a perfect life. You were born in this world. You died on the cross for our sins. You rose again on the third day. 
that if we would just ask you in our hearts and lives, forgive us of our our sins. Be our God, Lord and Savior, believing that you are the Son of God, Lord, that you would adopt us into your family. We would be born again and the Holy Spirit would come in and we would be yours. We could change the world. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope you have a great Sunday tomorrow. And I pray that this week you will tell some poor lost soul about your passion, about the Lord Jesus Christ. You have a great week, my friends. God bless you.